Well, the market is starting to crash and people are starting to take notice of it. Electric cars were the wave of the future, but now its market is crashing and burning and everybody is starting to wonder why. And they're also starting to see that maybe Toyota was onto something with hybrids. The EV market is not falling. The EV market is just retracting. And today we're going to take a look at why the EV marketplace seems to be failing. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main host website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by and check it out and read some of our reviews. Check out some of our ratings and looking for some more information, check out the help pages or the corporate links websites, all on the autolux.net website. The Autolux Podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by podbeam.com. You can find the Autolux Podcast on nearly every single streaming site from around the globe, all from the Autolux podcast. So like I said in the beginning, the EV market. The EV market isn't coming to an end. It's not crashing and burning, it's not failing like it once did. Everybody seems to think that it's coming down. And a lot of people, especially some people in my family and friends, are starting to say, hey, look, we all told you so. Well, the I told you so is gonna come back in their face. Well, I should say, eventually. The EV marketplace isn't faltering completely, but it is failing the initial consumers it was set out to try and get. People like myself, who between six and seven years ago started looking into the electric vehicle industry. Yeah, between 2013 and 2016, a lot of people started looking at the EV marketplace and started to say, maybe we should start looking at this as an alternative to our vehicle. Our leases were running out, new car sales were still at a standard rate, and they were starting to look a lot more appealing, especially with the fuel price of that time blowing up and going through the roof. Every one of us was looking at it and saying, hey, I wanna try and save some money somehow. Well, that was all in good faith, but unfortunately, most of us weren't prepared for what lay ahead. And the EV marketplace is a complete changeover from what we are used to. And that is one of the main reasons why the EV marketplace is having such a hard time regaining control of the automotive marketplace right now. Product knowledge and different driving conditions are one of the main points with the EV market failure. But on top of that, a lack of good infrastructure lies behind it. And as we've already talked about in previous podcasts, they need to fix the plug-in industry and find a standard set to blow up this market. The world marketplace blew up the EV industry nearly 10 years ago, trying to get everybody on board and trying to change laws around the world and set new rules and new placements in that by 2025, everything would change. Internal combustion engines would come to an end and we'd all have to switch over to electric vehicles. Well, people like myself, our leases and financing were coming up and vehicles were due. And hearing this, it scared a lot of people. I still hear it from my own parents. Well, this will be the last internal combustion engine vehicle we ever bought because, you know, in less than a decade, we're going to have to own an electric. Well, no, you're not. I'm sorry, get it through your thick head. You're not going to have to own an electric vehicle come 10 years from now. Putting a ban on internal combustion engine sales by 2030 or 2035 doesn't mean you can't own an internal combustion engine vehicle. It just means car companies aren't allowed to sell you a brand new one right off the lot. The used car industry is going to blow up at that time with internal combustion engine vehicles for the entry level person. But that fine line only says direct internal combustion engine vehicles. Hybrids don't fall into that category. Kind of odd, huh? 
So everybody ran out a couple years back to get these electric vehicles, thinking that the industry was changing, thinking that we were going to be forced into getting these things. Well, five years on, and a lot of us start realizing that our driving habits have to change, and that batteries lose a lot more power in extreme weather conditions. My brother seems to think that, well, let's just say, he's part of Mensa and seems to think that he knows every fucking thing in the world, where he doesn't. And he gets into these little fights, and I'm glad I completely cut him off from my, my life, but I still hear about these things. And he's trying to tell my uncle, who's posting something about all of these electric vehicles dying in Chicago, literally dying because it's it's freezing cold. Well, I get his standpoint on the fact that, yeah, look at the infrastructure, it's not as great as internal combustion engines. But he's also starting to get the fact that internal combustion engine vehicles lose a percentage of how far they can travel in cold weather. This is true, but what they lose compared to electric vehicles is minuscule. The average electric vehicle in extreme cold, and in some cases extreme heat, can lose upwards of 20 to 50% of its battery. 20 to 50 percent my v6 borrego okay the thing is from 2008 eight year old truck with 120,000 kilometers on it and in the winter time i lose depending on how cold it is between 40 and 60 kilometers off of my standard 500 kilometer range in city i could push it to well over 600 kilometers on the highway but in the city i get less well, when you work out the percentage loss, it works out to a loss of between 8 to 12%. On my RAV4, that's a 2020, four-year-old vehicle, I lose even less. My percentage rate of an internal combustion engine when it's brand new loses between 3 and 8% of its fuel mileage in the wintertime. Where an electric vehicle loses between 20 to 50% of its battery range in that same situation. This isn't drawn out over time. This is a brand new new product they can lose 20% of its power source in the winter time where my brand new internal combustion engine vehicle can lose a maximum of 5% this is a 15% deviation something a lot of people were not used to everybody knows they lose mileage when it comes to winter in extreme conditions but that much that's a lot so if you parked it at night and didn't plug it in and it says you have about 50 kilometers left of charge, you should be able to make it in the morning, right? <laughs> Wrong again. Electric cars need to heat up the battery. Batteries can freeze. And we know this with the internal combustion engine vehicles. Our batteries can freeze. When it gets really cold out, my old Suzuki, its battery can freeze and it'll have a hard time turning over. Plug in the block heater and it heats up. Well, an electric vehicle, you can plug it in to warm up the battery as well. But a lot of people are so accustomed to, you know, standard temperatures in major cities. A lot of people in major cities, unless you live in some place like Alaska, you're not used to plugging in your vehicle in the morning. You just get in and drive to the gas station knowing that you got to fill it up. Well, your electric car, first thing in the morning, has to heat up the battery before you can even use it. And even if you manage to turn it over and get it used with a cold battery source, you will be running only 10% of its power source. 10%. How many people out there wake up in minus 40, forget to fuel their vehicle the night before, and can still make it to the gas station in the morning, even though the light came on and the gas station is less than three kilometers away? We can all make it and plug it in and get more gas on a frozen engine. 
Hell, we just had plugged it in for 10 minutes beforehand just to heat the block heater to get it go. So what did we learn from this? We learned about major driving habits that change with the EV marketplace. We have to be used to infrastructure that either one doesn't work, two is really far, or three is sparse in our area. We have to change our driving mindset to coincide with the extreme weather conditions outside. We have to remember when it's extremely cold, we can barely go as far as we can with our internal combustion engine vehicles because we have to heat our battery. We have to plug it in. All these major things we have to remember to do. And when you're trying to get into the average public, or as I call them, the sheep, the average public or the sheep of society don't understand all these things. These are the people that hop in their car and think a car's main use is to get from point A to point B and that's it. My mechanic does all the rest. When they were selling the Model S, all of these problems were there as well. Hell, some of these problems were even worse. But why do we not hear about it? Well, Two reasons. One, non-disclosure agreements. Tesla didn't want anyone destroying their car before the car even got big. And number two, people within that bracket to be able to afford the original Model S and even the Roadsters were people not buying these things as a standard everyday vehicle. They were buying these as an extra car. So if this didn't turn over, they had an alternative vehicle to get to work. They didn't worry about these problems in entering the standard marketplace. The sheep, the wolves, don't care because the wolves have the ability to go out and get what they want. The sheep, on the other hand, need to be herded around. Well, when you're paying extra money to purchase this vehicle and you start to realize, hell, it's great. I don't have to get oil changes, you know, do exhaust work, all these minuscule little repairs that you have to do with your internal combustion engine. You know, every six months, you got to bring the damn thing in and have it checked over. I just had it done with my RAV4. It does get kind of annoying sometimes. It's like, oh, well, I book it because it's getting close to the kilometers. Then it takes a month to get the fucking thing in, which means I'm pound past the kilometers and they give me shit for it. Well, electric vehicles don't require that. And any updating to the vehicle can be done over the air. But that also poses a problem with purchasing the vehicles. Online purchases for a lot of electric car companies. Not a lot of them you could go and buy directly from a dealership. You buy it online. So you never talk to a salesperson. Which is kind of good and kind of bad in the same place. Kind of good because you never get swindled into something you don't need. And kind of bad because you don't actually dealing with a human being. Somebody that actually tells you all of the great possibilities of this vehicle. And when the vehicle's sold, there is no after-sales update. Nobody's checking up on your vehicle. Nobody's calling you to see how it went. Or in six months, when you bring it in, there's no salesperson asking you, oh, how is everything? Is this going good? Is this going bad? Like, we, we'd like to know about your purchase, about the vehicle. After-sales updates are a major issue in the electric vehicle industry. Now, when you're buying from an original OEM, like, let's say you're buying an actual electric vehicle from Toyota, or General Motors, or Hyundai, or even Volkswagen, Volkswagen. This isn't an issue, but all of the other issues are more prevalent because these are the standard people. I'll let you into one great saying that will change your life for the better. The loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats. And I've learned this throughout my life because the people who have booed me the most are the people that have never tried to succeed. So essentially, they're the cheapest seat because they don't even try. And the people sitting in the seats of a Volkswagen ID3 are not the same people sitting in the seats of a Model S or even Lucid. 
air. EV marketplace is an amazing thing, but there's a lot of factors and a lot of people didn't figure out about this. And when you go with major problems with infrastructure and the cost of charging, battery charging stations, how long it takes to charge is another thing. People are used to going and filling up their vehicle at the gas station and being in and out of there in less than 10 minutes. Now you have to sit there for an average of 15 minutes to an hour to charge your car, which takes even longer. The original people buying into the electric vehicle industry didn't have a problem with this because they were able to afford home charging stations. These are also people who have garages to put their vehicles in. So they never dealt with freezing cold temperatures killing their battery and their vehicles were already properly charged. First thing they drove out in the morning. It's an added cost. Where the standard person uses their garage as an oversized shed. They don't put a car in it. They fill it with shit. Literally. They put their garbage cans in there. They put all their storage crap in there. They got their fishing stuff. Their kayaks. They don't put their car in there. And then they complain about their door handles being frozen. And they can't get into their car in the morning. Meanwhile, they have a two-car garage. And they only own two vehicles. Like I said, these are the sheep driving mindset needed to change. The infrastructure is lackluster compared to what they're used to, which means they get upset easily when they can't find something. They don't understand the concept of this is a new technology that's expanding and it hasn't reached its full potential. But one of the biggest things that affected the EV market failure was too much supply. During COVID, parts, especially computer parts, for internal combustion engine vehicles and even hybrid were in short supply. But electric vehicles, the Chinese marketplace, was booming. And China was able to supply electric vehicle industry with all of the parts they required. They weren't supplying to the internal combustion engine because their home market is only focusing on the electric vehicle industry as a whole. They don't give subsidies or anything to the internal combustion engine industry anymore. Why do you think bid completely changed over to being an electric vehicle car company now? Because they don't get any money from the government. And with them producing so many parts now for this industry during COVID and all these lockdowns, when all of our North American and European, hell, even Brazil, like South American, Central American, and African plants were shut down, we couldn't get parts to supply the internal combustion engine industry. So tons of people flooded into the electric vehicle industry. There was tons of new products, and they were the only ones to be found. And since the Chinese were flooding the marketplace, they were entering new marketplaces like Europe and flooding the market with highly subsidized vehicles as well. So they were even cheaper than some of their internal combustion counterparts. But all of these cheap products from smaller companies who were new entries to the marketplace within five years started becoming problematic. With a lack of infrastructure and a new driving mindset, all of these people started to realize by late 2023, when their lease came due, they were jumping ship. They said, fuck it. I'm not going to deal with an emerging market. I'm going to go back with the existing market that's here right now. And if I want to save the world, I'm going to go deal with something that could save the world while I could still travel the same distance as before. I'm going to get myself a hybrid. Stellantis has seen this, and they've especially seen this with their Ram division. Creating the Ram revolution, a fully electric full-size pickup truck, was there to go up against the marketplace. With the Ford F-150 Lightning, the Hummer EV, and now the Tesla Cybertruck and Rivian R1T, Stellantis had to get an electric pickup truck in there. But unfortunately, they arrived too late to the party because the party was crushing itself in. Idea. Everybody is running to hybrids. We already have an existing electric battery pack, but we also have an existing stable internal combustion engine. Bam! The Ram Charger is reborn as a V6-powered electric truck. 
The power source for the vehicle that moves the tires runs off battery, but the V6 engine that you fuel powers that battery. It's essentially an internal combustion engine generator creating power to move your vehicle. Yes. A new version of a hybrid is this vehicle can, is actually considered an electric pickup truck because it uses electric power mobility. It moves under electric power. It may use an ICE engine to create that electricity, but so what? Hydrogen uses hydrogen to create electricity. All hydrogen vehicles are electric. If you didn't know that, well, you don't understand the industry and your fight against hydrogen is dumb because hydrogen is a system built similar to an internal combustion engine to power an electric generator. Hydrogen is just used to power the vehicle under electric power. So why are we fighting it? I don't know. But unfortunately, the Chinese marketplace hasn't gone into the hydrogen side of the world. They're just flooding the market with electric vehicles. They're giving us cheap products, but a lack of dealerships, issues with serviceability, and purchase point access points are becoming a greater issue for the electric vehicle industry. All these people that bought Rivians, there's no dealers to bring them to. And one of the biggest problems we're starting to really see in the EV market industry are two things, a lack of dealer knowledge and cost overruns on repairs. When those vehicles get damaged, most of those people within the standard automobile industry want their vehicle back on the road in less than a couple weeks. Most insurance companies will only cover your rental vehicle for a couple weeks. But if you gotta get the thing repaired, the cost for it will skyrocket your insurance premiums. There are not a lot of places that can repair these vehicles to begin with, which means the repair and serviceability of the electric vehicle industry is at a greater cost than its counterpart. And people seeing this and now knowing this are starting to shy away from electric vehicles. Yeah. It wasn't just the different mindset. It wasn't the lack of infrastructure. It wasn't the horrible price points. And now with inflation driving the prices back up, and bringing gas down. It wasn't the unethically sourced material. Because now we are going after ethically sourced materials for electric vehicles. Because most of the product that goes into building battery packs right now is mined unethically. It's mined by children in third world nations who live on less than a dollar a day. They live in poverty. And with a lot of people in the standard vehicle industry now looking at not wanting to purchase vehicles from places such as this, the new vegan and hippie movements that we now have, Pacific electric vehicles are being turned down again. Yes. The electric vehicle industry, like I said, is not failing. It's just retracting. It's retracting on a generation of vehicles. Well, governments around the world want all of us to be driving vehicles like this between 2030 and 2035. The industry may retract to a point that they need to extend that by another five years. Because until the infrastructure gets reset up for everybody to have the ability to operate and own these vehicles, we will not see widespread adoption anytime soon. Electric vehicles need that industry. They need the service stations, the dealerships, the refueling points, the repair facilities, and actual humans to talk to when issues arise. Those are the five things we all need from this industry. And until we get that, this industry will not grow. We need better infrastructure. And no matter how many times and how many podcasts we do about the electric vehicle industry's infrastructure follies, 
it still doesn't get better. Small companies don't have the financial backing to create the infrastructure we need. New home builders don't have the know-how for installation of the new products we need in our homes. There are a lot of places all across the world that are now implementing home charging stations as being standard equipment when building new homes. Unfortunately, we don't have the properly trained technicians to install them yet at the scale that we need to install them. As of right now, there is massive industry out there for the taking that needs people not robots people to operate it and the ev industry is falling flat on its face because it doesn't have the people behind it we have the people to build these vehicles we have the people to drive these vehicles but we need the people for all the points in between the ev market is failing and widespread adoption will not happen until the infrastructure gets better we will have to wait another five to six years so by 2030 more people will be inclined to get back into the ev industry and being that at 2030 being the time that a lot of governments put in place to get vehicles out of buying new internal combustion engine vehicles all the governments around the world have a lot of work on their hands to both upgrade our road systems to handle heavier vehicles our electrical lines to handle more power and more power stations to create more power to service the infrastructure requirements needed for the next generation the ev market will not retract as it once did in the early 1900s but the ev market is not going to be become as big as people thought it was going to be anytime soon for total world domination of the ev marketplace you need a complete generation human generation so up to 25 years before this adoption becomes standard practice and we have literally just had the first wave run through that we are five years into this with two decades still to go before widespread adoption can happen the EV marketplace may not grow as it once did it will grow eventually but for now we could just sit back relax and not have to worry about the gas station down the street disappearing tomorrow we got over a decade before it disappears but i want you to take this into consideration start planning for your future whether it be hydrogen or electric because evs may be crumbling right now due to these issues but they will rise once again so if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it on any of the social feeds that you have found us on. From Facebook to Twitter to LinkedIn and Instagram, we are all there on any of the major social feeds and any of the major streaming sites from iTunes to Spotify to Amazon Music and even Audible. We are there at the Autolux Podcast. And once you've sent out the shares and once you have liked us so you can hear more about our great podcast for the future and more information about the automobile industry in the future, send this out to more your friends and then hop on over to the autolux.net website and check out some of the amazing things going on in the autolux world the autolux podcast has been brought to you by ecom entertainment group and distributed by podbeam.com if you would like to get in touch with both the host of the autolux podcast everett j ecom entertainment group please send us an email over at email at autolux.net the autolux podcast is created edited and distributed all through the ecom entertainment group and by one and only everett j so strap yourself in sit back relax and strap yourself in for this one electrifying ride of this market failure Thank you.